You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hello, Riverdale gang. Hi, gang. Welcome back to the Watch Along Critical Commentary Podcast, uh, recorded here on the unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations, as uh, is much of Riverdale. That is true. Hello, hello, hello. I don't know what to say about this episode. It's uh, an, an ep- episodic little mess, and I, I was delighted. <laughs> I don't know if it was that messy, to be honest, but I just... I One of my favorite things about the show is uh, the episodes that come out of complete left field, and mm. that's what we got today. This yeah. was a left field episode. Oh, you wanted horror? Uh, okay. Sorta. And super period about it. Um, yeah. I am reminded of some of um, the Halloween episode way back when, season two or yeah, so? Yeah, that was the first Left Field episode. That, that was the mm-hmm, first time mm-hmm. I was like, oh, these people are incredible creators. Like, I always knew they were, gr- like, obviously, like, they're great creators. Yeah. But, like... When we, yeah, seeing some of the, um, the little, little subtle nods and the very, yeah. um, very price, precise control over a suspension of disbelief. Yeah, I guess what I mean is, sorry, I don't mean, I, so, okay, <laughs> let me, let me back up a little bit. Something I think about, um, anybody who produces, like most people who are involved in any kind of art form have some level of training and ability mm-hmm. and are, often incredible talents who are put in jobs where they're like, I'm a PA and I'm going to hold a sign. Yeah. I, it sounded a little bit snobby. I think, wow, these people mm, are incredible mm, creators. Mm. That's not quite what I mean. What I mean is uh, rather the intentions here are a little more layered than I realized. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. There's, there's, there's lots of nuance if you're looking for it, if you have a little background to catch it. Um... If you share some of the weird niche interests, um, yeah. this was this was that episode. This was a, a, a reward to um, hyper focused specialist watching. Um, yes, not my genre by any accounts. The the horror. the horror the Hayes Code era horror, um, as they named it on the show, morality plays. Mm-hmm. Um, right, pinch. Yeah, the kitty is is wanting to know why we're not playing now that the baby's asleep. (laughs) Conflict. The co-host of this podcast, Tazzy Pinch. Tazzy's being quiet today. Yeah, Tazzy's right near the mic, just enjoying (laughs) the fact that two humans are sitting close together. Doesn't matter. Um, Yeah, I I really don't know what to say about this episode, but I kind of like that Mm. I don't know what to say. I mean, obviously there's some... uh, Veronica's providing some social commentary about um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, w- narratives of the uh, in comic books in the fifties. I guess I actually don't know that much about comic books in the fifties. I'm assuming that Riverdale has done its homework and that this is pretty typical. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, something I liked about that is that Veronica then doesn't sort of try and educate and fix Jughead she just stops Mm. seeing him yeah just draws boundaries 
Yeah. Just reacts to the reality that she discovers. I feel like that's a choice I don't see very often in television, so that was fun for me. Mm, mm-hmm. And, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I'm sort of coming up blank as to, like, what what the right what the right thing is to say about this episode. I kind of want to jump in and get inspired. I want to chat just briefly about the history of the English language morality play. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just because I'm excited about that, about this beat of, of storytelling as a, a continuation of that. Um, What we're referencing and digging into here, the, the fifties pop culture under Hays code rules um, there's this fantastic pendulum. In Is that what you were looking up on your phone while we were watching it? One of several. Okay. Also leprosy. Also, also leprosy. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, leprosy. Okay, go on, Ryan. Sorry. <laughs> um, there have, uh, I'm going back to, to, uh, Chaucer, maybe Shakespeare, um, in, in English, since the English language has been established in writing as we know it. Um, there have been periods of heavy censorship and periods of free libertarian thought mm-hmm. uh, and writing. And um, we, we oscillate back and forth uh, for hundreds of years now. And um, oftentimes, um, plays that maybe don't translate that well, uh, restoration plays that are rather tough to access for a contemporary audience are often coming out of periods of extreme censorship hmm. and are toying with the social layers poured upon basic behavior, basic manners, basic human wants, um, developed over a generation or two of, of a heavy, um, heavy, heavily censored art form. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, the, you know, there's a period around Shakespeare uh, of a very vulgar free free flowing words and thought followed by heavy censorship followed mm-hmm. by restoration followed by the victorians followed by this vaudevillian 1920s bacchanalia and then <laughs> diving back right back into the Hays code in north american english speaking media where there was a you know, a written moral code that involves uh, requiring bad people to have bad outcomes. Basically, um, you can if you show uh, if you show a gayish person, they should have a bad bad ending. If you yeah. show <laughs> an evil woman, yeah. she's having a bad time of it by the end. Even if the story is like ninety five percent sympathetic with her, at the end she's got to die or something. Um, that was a written rule. Uh, oh, of censorship applied okay. to film, television, and uh, I, and comics, certainly. Um, a range of pop media. I'm not actually sure what was happening in literature, um, but I also don't have a great sense outside of pulp what pop literature looked like in the 50s. Um, I guess pulp, yeah. which I know, which did apply to the Hayes Code. I would say just, if this is sounding um, antiquated to any of you, like, there is still, not a censorship board, but there is still, like, a ratings board, for example. Yes. And there it, there are still some things that will still get censored. And I would also posit that, like, there are certain 
famous people who are not allowed to do certain things. Sometimes there's like mm-hmm. a cleanliness mm-hmm. clause in some contracts. So it's not, yeah. it's not, if you're thinking it's old fashioned, it's not. <laughs> it is a, a long legacy we continue. Yes. Um, that I'm riffing into right up to the 50s because that's where Riverdale yeah, is living. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and that was not actually directed yeah, yeah. at you. That was just... Adding context. So people know. Now <laughs> I want to keep going because like the 70s, 60s and 70s and the dropping of the Hayes Code was its own radical um, movement. The dropping of governmental censorship of mm-hmm. media in America. Um, and once again, I, I, I use an, an America-centric um, reading here because of where the dominant media presence... <laughs> Yeah. Hayes Code was not law in Canada, was not law in the UK, but largely was followed. Right. Um, <laughs> the cat really wants to say something about she censorship. She has strong opinions on censorship. Just Pinch will not be silenced. <laughs> um, now, the, the, the ratings board that gave us G rating, PGR... Um, NC-17. This is a, 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 this is a, another recent, relatively recent invention in, in my lifetime, in Chloe's lifetime, um, coming out of the, the eight, into the 80s and 90s. This was a relatively new thing, and still a privately owned censor group. Oh, that's not interesting. Not exactly governmental, not, sort of not-for-profit, semi-autonomous, um, but with rigid rules that have shaped what's been on our, our film screens for many years. Mm. What swears mm. and how many times. Uh, those are rules that were created by this organization to uh, draw lines between PG, PG-13, 14A, R. Um, and these are arbitrary rules written by some person somewhere in America and decided upon that has a board that reviews all media and applies ratings. Now, these ratings are relevant because they are enforced by uh, the the distribution companies. So to have your film shown, you must have a rating. Otherwise, you are unrated, which some art houses will show, um, which um, which means you can't, you can't publicly... Walmart won't carry you. Walmart won't carry your unrated film, even if it's G quality. Right. Um, because this is part of the, the um, I guess, accountability system we've built in place that we are <laughs> automatically trusting. Um, in the advent of the internet in the last 15 years, in the advent of digital media, we've seen a, a shrinking of power and relevance of this board. Um, when I was in high school, there was a big moral backlash, particularly around violent video games at the time. Um, and there's oh, an yeah, application of the same ratings used in film, roughly, to video games, and the invention of parallel systems to apply to other forms of media like video games. Um, and I think these forms have lost a lot of power in the last 10 years, especially. Um, you know, I'm hoping we are back towards a, a more libertine free thought flow. Um, oh, or maybe we're just inventing the new mean, censorship. I think you mean liberal, not libertine. Libertines are like yes. uh, Don Juan. Yes, thank character. you. <laughs> thank you, yes. And I certainly hope you don't mean libertarian. The bend towards the libertarian Archie, who... Needs not but himself in Riverdale. Yes. Ugh. Blah. So there's um, there's my media theory spiral for the day. Thank you for your patience. Yeah, no, that was <laughs> no, that was really interesting because I didn't consider any of that. You know, um, mm. 
what it means like I like we like the the people trying to um destroy comic books in this show are presented as the villains yep but they're super real they're super real like yes Featherhead's editorial I've read that noise just about video games right taken in earnest yeah and I think there is I don't I personally don't really believe in censorship um but I admit that there are different types of censorship for different purposes Mm -hmm. and I'm not uh, I'm not sure that the, I, I understand the desire to um, censor things that are violent or censor things that are disturbing. I understand that, but I mm-hmm. um, I don't think the intentions here are um, good. Are good, and I I do think that a lot of censorship intentions are usually. Um, uh, motivated by either power or um uh a type of ethics that i think are pretty anathema to to the realities of life Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. those are my thoughts i think there is quite often a um a projection of their own worst of of your own worst assumptions that comes in 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 with censorship um in the the whole satanic pair scare of the 80s around Dungeons and Dragons like how much of that was people who've only read like the bad Old Testament verses again and again projecting their fears onto something they didn't understand and that had some vivid artistic imagery sure but I think it also I think it most I think most censorship and most honestly most quote-unquote moral concern comes Mm -hmm. down to control Yes. Um, we yes. we have a hard time believing that we adults don't have authority over children, and I think that uh, I think as an example, I think mm. a lot of the panic around D and D in the eighties was the fact that young people were playing this game that their parents didn't understand. Yeah, it's the same issue in the sixties. The parents all panicked because of sexual liberation, you know, like that kind of thing. They nailed it by Pokemon, though. By Pokemon, they had monetized it. Sure, and yeah, and capitalism also is like here and making things uh, complicated as usual. But you know, I talked to my grandfather, and he once, and he said, "Yeah, my generation was genuinely afraid of the Beatles. Hmm. We were scared of them. We were scared of what we rep- of what they represent." He said, "I wasn't, mm-hmm. but a lot of people in my generation." Yeah. Were the older generation were genuinely afraid of what the Beatles represented. And of course now with the passage of time, like mm-hmm. me looking at the Beatles, I look at um, you know, men who made use of a lot of African American music, a lot of black music and mm-hmm. um later a lot of Indian and, music. Yeah, lot. and like scrubbed it clean clean and by, by clean I don't mean that in like a very mm-hmm. um I don't mean that in a complimentary way. I mean that in like whitewashed it is what yeah. I'm trying to say. Whitewashed it, put it in a yeah. suit, you know. Package it up for the English white audience. Yeah, exactly. And um I don't think that uh yeah, I just think that those... I, I've sort of lost my train of thought there correcting myself. Um, uh, all this to say is that... Uh, Adaptation, censorship, I, yeah, it's, it's all it's all smushy into this, cycl- this cyclical long, yeah. long human thing we do in each language line of, of media. Um, Gosh, I'm going to listen back to this episode and be so excited about the point I almost made. And <laughs> never get there. Was. Never get there. Anyway, Riverdale gang, um, I think we should jump in. Yes, I suppose so. 
can I get I got just one last beat like thinking the root of morality plays yeah um, this uh, Central European Germanic so pre-English um, oh, the morality plays comes out of uh, come out as we we know them in Europe come out of this Catholic tradition um, a lot of um, the the entertainment at the time would be essentially school pageant scale put on by sure. guilds put on by local community organizations and there there was this own th- this whole interesting wave that isn't as um isn't a nationwide thing isn't a region-wide thing because information didn't spread that fast um in 1200 but uh there are patterns and waves of developing morality plays that um at one point are rooted explicitly in biblical tellings only explicitly biblical performances of biblical stories only Mm. And generations later become exaggerations of, of biblical stories. The um, oh. Everything in the Passion Play is an anti-Semitic fanfic yeah. written in the 1400s. <laughs> um, but that is a um, an evolution and a stretching of what is possible within a specific realm of censorship. All song and performance must be rooted in worship at the time in a, a theologically run small community. Right, and we do see those Christian ethics in these these stories that we get in this episode. Yeah. For sure. Like fallen women are evil mm-hmm. or... There's a whole period of morality plays, um, aside from the horrifying anti-Semitism, um, that, also, that do, in another direction does unpack some of these earlier... Um, earlier moral value judgments um and i think um what i see in in 1400 the the pre-english plays is some challenging of the virtue and values presented as immovable um oh, that's interesting the the exploration of the challenge of morality the fact that it's hard to be a good person is is something that i i think is is rooted in the richer analysis of morality plays. Mm. Why is it? Why is this bad thing happening? Why? Why don't you just choose the, the right choice? Right. There's process and reason, and I think sitting with that human process of choosing right, choosing wrong, mm. is um, mm-hmm. is is the point of change that is really interesting about these. Okay, now I'm ready to jump in. Okay. <laughs> All right. So summoning your recordings of Riverdale uh, in whatever form they take for you. Yeah. Oh, Tazoo. Tazzy is uh, licking the the iPad. Yes. That's we loves sweet. We loves Riverdale, right, Tazzy? We loves it. We rubs on it. Ready, gang? Let's, okay, uh, hang tight, kids. Get things queued up to the beginning. And uh, counting down for a... Yeah, we're not counting down quite yet because I'm putting on captions for us. Excellent. So useful. I love my captions. So does Veronica. Subtitles are great. (laughs) Oh, Tales in a Jugular Vein. I didn't notice the title there. That's really fun. Sick. Sick. Jugular Um, Juggy. Okay. Ready, everybody? Ginchy. In... Three, two, one, go! Ba-doom-ba! 
And then this doesn't make me hate everything anymore. Good move, WB. That last one was a mistake. Hello, evil room of evil. Yeah. The 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 League of I, honestly, this is like the Elks Lodge. This could be this could be any number of like this could be Rotary Club. This is just what dudes did. Yeah. Is gather together in clubs. Gosh, whenever I see a group of actors doing a scene like this, I can't imagine doing these lines seriously like it just must have been constant corpsing like here we are in a show for teenagers being the evil white men like they must have been just i'd be killing myself be stiffer be more old but not old age the murder weapon in this perfect fan of comic books for the camera Oh my uh, god, the glasses. Ugh, so good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Case after case, huh? So this is your whole body of work that you've committed to, dude? Yeah. Werther's, that you've invested your life in this this hypothesis? It's okay, he's not a real person. <laughs> There's too many of him. There's too many <laughs> real him. hymns. That's true. Mugs. Mugs. Also, we're, these are like all, these are the mugs murder suspects to me. I don't think it's all of them, but I think it's one of them because this is the room full of people dismissing the mugs murder. It, I'm guessing Blossom. I, uh, oh yeah, that's possible. Oh yeah, he was the first murderer. Yeah, our vintage murderer. We need to find this milkman, he says. I don't know. He's full kin slaying here in the, in the olden times, shooting your son. This is... The realities publishing are yeah, not um, quite so flippant. I, I just think it's... <laughs> I just think things are interesting, that's all. Mm, the process of getting comic book writing? I mean... What did it say? Oh, I didn't catch what these, these nothing prompts are. Yeah. But, um... Just as the teenager. <laughs> because you've read all of them, Jughead, right? You know all the ideas. Uh, now, this is fun because I thought maybe we were getting like Archie origin story for a sec. Like the comic book origin story. I rather think we are in a roundabout way. I mean we are. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, like I think we're building towards that that very specifically. Um, in, in our pep comics here, in Jughead's entrenchment of this, this second space for his character, mm-hmm. this job. Um, in the art style that echoes 2000s Archie to me more than it does the actual 50s, um, rather than being dot matrix printed, um, see a fun flick. They really lay on the, um, uh, the 50s isms. Thank you. In this episode, yes. very, very thick. But what's fun about it is my father was born in 1952. I was like, my dad says that. <laughs> uh, your your dad was absolutely the kind of young person who would absorb all of the grown up slang of the era, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this would have been adolescent slang, but it's just possible that some of these um, expressions stayed in the vernacular for a little while. Mm. I'm, yeah. 
we're also parodying ourselves in world here. Like, um, we're getting Jughead's distilled culture of the fifties, um, which is which is a lot. We're inceptions deep into um, yeah. parody of a parody of a parody of a parody. This is such a fun. This actor is so fun. This frame this story so fun. creation. I did not know what was happening for a sec when we got this guy to start. I love this old key. He's walking into his light. Yeah, manual lighting. Nice, well done, well assembled, gripped manual lighting. Little tail. Keep, Keep your, your head, head in, in, the, in game. the game. Um, also, this this man is basically Jughead projection, right? This is Jughead self insert storyteller. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> Wonder if he actually just kept his friends' names. Yeah, in world. I wonder if we're going to get some backlash for that in the next episode. That's sort of what I was expecting <laughs> later in this episode, to be honest. Julian Blossom, you killed me. What the? You killed me. This, so, I just, to be honest, it's so funny what stays with you from high school. And the horrors of gym class have mm-hmm. stayed with me from high school. Mm-hmm. I'm 34 years old. And I still remember the agony of not doing well in gym. Such failure. And I graduated um, from high school half my life ago, practically, <laughs> at this point. They also lean into the, like, okay, here's your collective punishment to add pressure and refocus that pressure to torture the, the, the less athletic kid. Yeah. Like... As um as a launching morality play, interesting. Um, yeah, Revenge of the Nerd bully. was act- this I. This is the thing is I, I I agreed with the uh, the views that Veronica was mm, offering mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. women and how women are presented in these stories. Yes, but the Revenge of the Nerd. Mm-hmm. Revenge of the spurned girlfriends mm-hmm, mm-hmm. were was actually very like fun for me like i i felt like even if they were utilizing tropes that i didn't feel aligned with that the stories were like fun revenge stories not the beehive yes yes i mean the the whole setup of the beehive was there's a lot of delightfulness there um we'll get there in hairspray land Mm -hmm. um but we're not with anyone like we're not meant to identify with these characters they're all dead by the end functionally like everyone yeah. gets a bad ending that's true um which is yeah i'm not sure yeah i'm not sure veronica's analysis is 100 percent fair i mean it is fair don't get me wrong it's yes. fair yeah there's there's specific evil woman tropes yeah leaned into here Oh yeah, the leprosy. Oh god. Psychotic break. Uh, that's this is also not how a psychotic break works, but yeah, I mean 50s. 50s comics. Atomic attack poster in the corner. Truly, this is just legitimate. Like if you were tortured overnight with with illegal confinement, if you do a murder, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they threatened to murder him and then locked him overnight in a locker. Those, you like know, 
I just realized those lockers are really spacious. The lockers at my high school were tiny. I wonder if they made them too tiny to stuff people into on purpose. Oh. As a safety measure. Interesting. I wonder about that. That would track. Or uh, the other option would be they um, they built those lockers specifically to fit Dilton in. That is also <laughs> possible. Uh, this is as soon as it was heads. as soon as I saw the title "Get Your Head in the Game," I was like, yeah. "Someone's losing their head." Yeah, all did all the heads. Oh, this actor is just ugh. This actor playing Dilton mm. is just doing some fun work here. We're with the coach. That's we're with the coach in the moral right. We're the normies. I guess who are so. spooked by the horrifying reality warning. Oh, I think I think that's where we are perspective wise. Who creepy Riverdale title with a screen. Yeah. Yeah. Good that's for right. Dilton. Veronica. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. It's complicated. Their morality plays. Yeah. <laughs> Julian Blossom getting his head chopped off. Yeah. Good, good art. We're not even we're not even like self-referencing our own many, many murders at this point. There's Lustful like too sex. much material. <laughs> Lustful sex, you say. <laughs> Boy does he miss the mark. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this was I. This might be my favorite aesthetically. Sure. Um, <laughs> like this is the root of Rocky Horror. Right? Yes. This is the thing Rocky Horror is parody of. The exact thing. Um, Archie. Okay, Kajiapa's performance this episode is fantastic. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's been directed to lean hard into sort of a stereotype of the character. He is, but he played, yes, yes. But he's so genuine. This goofy, 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 um, oversexed teenage boy, but don't make it skeevy. Yeah. Like, um, the, yeah, he he really leans into, I think, the, the naivety in youth and... Of the character um, that lets me laugh at these things. Yeah. I also I also love that it's back to being Team Cheryl and Team Cheryl and Nana in this episode. Just for a little bit. Yes. That yeah. That they're pulling a a dark scheme together. That just that seems right for their many many iterations of tea it's and boring nice. fire can't fix is the truest statement that the show has ever uttered <laughs> i quite agree nana <laughs> and then we find out it can't fix leprosy well which is largely fixable now with a complicated drug dose oh really yeah that's cool yeah i didn't even know leprosy was still in the world yep we didn't we didn't quite smallpox it that's um, okay smallpox is back so we didn't even smallpox did it yeah, Aww. people are getting vaccinated, so there's no sick small boxes back. Of course. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. Am I thinking of I might be thinking de- of a different thing. I mean definitely Ebola. Maybe I'm thinking sorry. Too many plagues, gang, I, too many Riverdale plagues. Riverdale gang, I don't want to spread misinformation. <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking of a different disease. We're gonna Google that small yeah, box. Yeah, thing. don't but none of us would be shocked if like it still technically is alive. There are viruses right. held. In places. And humans are bad at holding things safe. 
So I don't <laughs> humans know. are bad at holding things. <laughs> it's true. I'm very bad at holding things. Oh, this Archie processing is so fantastic. I know. That's kind of wow. <laughs> Sneak into the bedrooms of strange young men. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think it's interesting. I didn't really clock. I'm I'm clocking now. Mm-hmm. Moments like this, less exaggerated in media, I have seen where lustful women, I'm scare quoting that mm-hmm. with my fingers, mm-hmm. Riverdale gang, yep. have been punished. Yep. And I, I'm having a little moment about that, uh, the effect mm-hmm. of that on my psyche mm. as a young AFAB person. What, have, what did you internalize? I don't know. I'm going to have to do some therapy on it. Thanks, Riverdale. Oh, shirtless Archie. Baiting fate. I mean, but who wouldn't also, truly? I have to say, as someone who is attracted to women, I think the idea that a strange woman might come to me in the night to um, save herself is a little... Fine, yes, I think I would lock my door. I'd be curious, but I might be like, I'm going to just not... But now pretend you've never had sex and didn't have porn or the internet. Would a strange woman appearing in your bed at night have been different then? I would definitely have been very <laughs> curious. I don't know. It's interesting. Like this, this, this sort of, um, I find this particular framing of sex very creepy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's all. No shamey. It's mm-hmm. not from, you know, everyone's different. Yeah, just the the surprise now you're trapped with, with death disease. No, <laughs> surprise now you're... I mean, who doesn't matter. I just, for some reason, I find it creepy. I don't know. No, it, um, it is. It is. We're in horror. We're, it's a good, good horror trope. I love that she's in... A, a wedding gown? Wedding gown, yeah. It's giving Miss Havisham. <laughs> deep, <laughs> deep Miss Havisham. And then the reveal. Nana was in it all along. <laughs> yeah. Questions you should have asked yesterday, Archie. Yes. Questions that could be relevant to consent. Yes. <sighs> also, I I didn't love this, like, oh, she got a disease in the tropics. That's an old trope mm. we could just let die. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, oh, well. Mm-hmm. But I'm digging this weird red fur on Nana. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's an excellent costume. Leprosy. This is just another good, good use of Nana. Leprosy? Leprosy? <laughs> so that's so fascinating. Leprosy can be cured now with a drug cocktail. Cool. Yes, mostly. It um, It is a usually fairly slow skin-based infection, hmm. I think. Oh, it's an infection. Yes. Um, yes, it's, it's a, it, I, it is a, there's a different name, there's a something syndrome, something name, modern name for it, um, but it is a, like, we've isolated a, a microorganism that huh. you can catch that can Fascinating. often be uncaught, but given we're in Candleland, I feel like we're living in a pre-pen, pre-penicillin storytelling here. I mean, they had penicillin in the 50s, didn't they? Yeah, well, yep, definitely. Um, Must be more complicated than penicillin. 
Well, we were also... Has penicillin permeated into media by 1950? Well, I was reading a ni- uh, an article of 1950s ads, like mm. weird ads that wouldn't fly today, and one of them was like, <laughs> the benefits of penicillin, grow it at home from mold, was one of the ads. Oh, which probably my. And it was very 50s. <laughs> Neat. Yeah. Don't trust keep... Yes, Veronica, that's that's the moral. <laughs> yeah, it was a don't smooch message. It's mm-hmm. a terrible... Mm-hmm. It was a people will exploit your curiosity message. Yeah, it's a messy message. And uh, then we try to bring it back to the horny teens in her own sphere of influence and reference. Veronica's hinting something. Yeah. We are, I think, once again, exploring the um, period tropes of the um, the the lusty woman. Meaning, um, interest in comic books. Yeah, he. Yeah, there's definitely some some trope play here that uh, is on the nose, but like in a great way, like, yes. like, like that's the purpose and I'm into it. Yeah. 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 And we're seeing, I think with the, with a, with a fairly contemporary eye lens, yeah. the, um, you know, Veronica playing the role of uh, playing a role available to her. Yeah. But also commenting on it, analyzing it, seeing yeah. it. Lovely, um, lovely division of our big ensemble cast as well. Yeah. I don't know why we have our hairspray buddy. It's it's a fun cameo, but I just don't know why it's here. Yeah, i i figure I figure they just wanted to jam in the hairspray reference, and yeah. hairspray is set in this period. That's like hairspray true. is a is a later play, um, but it is set in the fifties. Yeah. Um, really around ra- and centralized on segregation, and um, I guess the hair and fashion of this style and era era. Mm-hmm. I love the collar. Sorry, distracted by the costume on the hairdresser. Really, uh, understandably. Really good collar. Understandably. The beehive. I honestly think this is such a fun hairstyle. If you uh, if you didn't catch it, this whole scene setting is a reference to the the musical Hairspray. Mm. Um. Layers and layers. Uh. Wait till you see wait it. Wait till you see it. I didn't know this about the beehive, that the beehive was around before the early 60s. Imported style? Yeah. I, I, how much of it is, is like the continuation of the, uh, the fancy updo? Like, I don't know. Like, I think hairspray as a tool, as pushed in this era, um, and the kind of like glamour and beauty tools are, (laughs) don't ever wash your hair. Um, not unlike the Jello mold, a lot of fads of this time were emulating fancy things done with readily available new resources like hairspray. Updos, expensive, expensive, difficult updos that require a couple yeah. hours and another person aren't something that most people could do every day, but are a classic, um, you know, hallmark of class. And, and nobility and wealth 
So being able to hairspray your updo to stay put um, is one is is a modern time saver device. Um, right right up there with the laundry machine. Hmm. Um, for letting the letting the modern woman you know do it all um, and have all the trappings of of nobility basically. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. God, my mom used to, use, still does a lot, but used to use hairspray all the time. Oh, really? Just, just chronically. Um, I've only ever used it to perform. <laughs> um, Which, yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't, like, I'm It's not, useful there. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not in a... No, we, every time we sat down in the car, every time, like, on the way somewhere, it'd be a, a, a cloud of hairspray, refresh it. The, the the headrest on her car when I was a little kid was caked solid with hairspray. Oh my god, wow. <laughs> Such was the fashion. Yeah. I feel like most of the hairspray I've experienced is glitter hairspray, though, given that I've been using <laughs> it to perform. Also that. Uh, I uh, love the... I love the, um, it's just, I just love this little outfit that she's wearing to bed. Like, like the costumes are so fun. Yes. Yes. The, very bad. They went hard on the design aesthetic here. Yeah. Um, for these, for oh, si- look, single scenes. we're missing scenes. all our pink. Like, it's all green and blue. Oh. We're that's living really in fun. cyan purple land. Yeah. That's, that's like a twist to the left of our red and, like, Oh, I really like that, actually. Yeah. Thank you for pointing that out. Because that's wrong. Where did We're this in... word ginchy come from? I don't... I don't know. I just, like, I remember... So, ginch, a slang, to me, means tidy-whitey underwear. Like, like, briefs underwear. That's what ginch means to me. But I don't think that's what they're using ginch to mean here. Yeah. I must not be, because that's not the vibe I'm getting here. Oh, this dancing. This hokey, hokey, hokey dancing is great. <laughs> that was a fun prop they gave her, this, like, weird poison mouth yeah. prop. Like, seltzer tablet yeah. in the mouth prop. It's probably just seltzer, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Well... I think one of the one of the joys of recreating period things is recreating period techniques. Uh, and something stupid, stupid, simple stuff like put a alka seltzer in your mouth to make to get froth. Mm-hmm. Um, hi, Nikolai. Hello, Nikolai. Nice to see you this season. Our favorite, Doctor Curdle Junior. Yes. And this fantastic hair throwing. Yeah. Cut. Another great prop. That must have been so fun. Mm-hmm. The um the hair so encrusted that it needs to be cut through, and has a horrifying nest of spiders. Spiders. I love that autopsy protocol is to cut the top of her hair off <laughs> first. Anything but spiders. <laughs> That's so fun. Ugh. This is a deeply horrifying concept. Yeah. Ugh. I'm not fond of... I don't hate spiders, but I'm not fond of them. Definitely don't want them in my hair. Yeah. It's S- spiders. So how much of this morality play is the... Um, this is vanity... And filthiness, trusting new things. Yeah, I mean, I think that this is just a, a sexism, this one. Just yeah. just a touch of sexism, and, <laughs> and I think Veronica calls it. <laughs> just a wee touch of sexism. Yeah. 
<laughs> He's actually variations on theme, and the theme is misogyny. Uh, boys, yes, Veron thank you, Veronica. Vanity muscles. So many vanity muscles. Muscles you don't really use. Yeah. <laughs> She's doing her best here. She's like, please just pay attention to me. You missed all the signals, Jughead, here. And I appreciate that you're focused on your work at the moment. Whew. Yeah. Now, I love that he... He takes the idea, he listens to her idea, and then he, he does the dumb thing with it. You know, to be honest, I think that this story would be appealing to some female readers or viewers. Absolutely. Like, the revenge, the, like, we're going to hang out and be gal pals and get our revenge, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think is appealing. I think it's fun. It yes. even appeals to me a bit. I think it's, they just think it's fun. If only they weren't left with half a corpse each as their prize. That's true. That's not so great. In um, in the, the, the perspective of who we're with, who we're not, who suffers, who doesn't, I feel like the girls are in the Dilton role here. Mm. They are driven to something awful. It is not their fault. And our empathy is with understanding that this was something they were driven to, mm -hmm. not with them getting what they want. Um... And yet, it's a horror where no one's going to get what they want. But still, who do we, the viewer, mean to empathize with and understand with? Ah, uh, the oversexed Archie. Yeah, I think that um, <laughs> something I was deeply distracted by in this narrative was the fact that he would always have coffee breath. I know that's such a like specific <laughs> thing to care about, but... No, we're it's back, relevant. We're back to the saturated blues and pinks, so that was just that one... Yeah. Jump in contrast. Yeah. We're just we're just differentiating worlds, which I am super cool with. That's also how I use light design. <laughs> Back row bingo. I just realized what that meant. Oh, good. Gosh. Gosh, howdy. You know, it's funny. I was thinking as I was watching this sequence, oh, gosh, you know, dating um, used to be a lot more fluid in the 50s there was a little less mm. we kissed now you're mine forever and i uh i think that was only true for the boys yep, yep <laughs> i don't yep, know that yep, you could yep, do that yep, if yep, you were the woman you would be very much oh and then they create a whole fresh new skeevy yeah just for him it's great you're my favorite oof two broads I was thinking about the call for this. It's like, okay, we need all the extras. We need everyone dressed in the period clothes. Um, great. <laughs> I, honestly, I feel like they just have the locker room set. We need to put this somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> the set was ready and available. <laughs> Ugh. That's four words. You've got it, Dilton. <laughs> Dilton. I understand, Dilton. Yep. And then we, we also, we do anchor briefly back to Julian and Dilton. Yeah, that's it's true. It's as if we're almost in, almost but not in the same world. In each Listen, piece. this actor playing Julian's really good at being a creep. Yeah. A likable creep. A punchable creep. A creep who we all know is a creep, not who we accidentally are right, identifying yeah. with. 
Yeah. Yeah. Important and, distinction. I mean, it's very, yes. Don't do a collar red. Yeah. Okay. Too many people uh, took that as a straight. <laughs> Uh, is I love um, uh, Cheryl playing the long game here secretly being <laughs> like so you two are gonna not be there so it could be me right <laughs> you're just gonna not just gonna get you out of there yep as if that were winning he's that... being called Archiekins this is this this is an interesting parody of something they've already parodied so yeah, many I guess times. That's true. It's like we're getting down into the heightenedest of realities. Like I could, if they were speaking in verse right now, I would I would buy it. <laughs> if this rhymes and was like a soliloquy, they were co-speaking, I would buy that. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. And then they realize oh, that rat thing. Which is a great phrase. Yeah. You called this. You called Archie's move here just before he did it. Yes. <laughs> I thought maybe he was going to actually take his mom out for a sec. And then I was like, no, he isn't. That's not who this Archie is. <laughs> um, the creepy unison thing is a, is a fabulous yeah. trick that they've, that they, um, that they've used and, it's so gross that he says this. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I, the in unison is very fun. They're not taken. And then the shop class. Then the crazy shop class idea. Yeah. Uh, the the media titillation of saying, oh, here's a, here's a sexy idea. Oh, it's bad. It'll mm-hmm. never happen. Yeah. You die. But what an idea. What an idea. <laughs> we can write the idea. You'll buy it for the idea. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I yep. also love that they both trying to out, like they're trying to out quote unquote virtue each other. Like, oh, if not with you, then I'll just stay in. Mm-hmm. I'm so loyal to you, kind of a thing. Blech. But by Sunday, they're besties. By by Sunday, we've like. Is this an accountability buddies deal, or have they? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if this is female friendship, then mm. they just keep him. We just he couldn't, but he did. He did, both that rat. Yeah, I want that's the, that's true. There's a scene missing. <laughs> I want to see the scene where they become friends and decide to go out on Valentine's Day together. Yes, unless this is really them just checking that Archie doesn't go out, but they don't seem to expect the rat fink. That's true. Despite all indications. Yes. Mm, crunch the apple. <laughs> I wonder why the apple. It's a, um, it's temptation. A nice food prop, yeah. It's a great little sound cue to lead us in. Mm-hmm. I noticed they used a lot of canned, tropey sound stings this whole episode, mm-hmm. which I think is an attempt at period vibes, um, creating, creating on modern TV, this um, crash bang boom comic book um, ism, comic book cutawayism. The you know the the color frames that we're slapping on. Yeah. The um, the the, the um, really dramatic discovery frames. We cut a, cut and frame a face, uh, experiencing and seeing the great horrors. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting the Valentine's decorations are still up. It gives the scene a nice little sort of... Mm. It's immediacy. Um, yeah. Well, and then the next day. Yeah. That and also it, it just the aesthetic is, fits this moment really well. Paper hearts. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. the cute little hearts in the background. Hand cut paper hearts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's <laughs> candles. Come Basically Archie, what I'm taking away from us. this episode is that candles are evil. Yes. Candles are evil. But you should also light them. If there is no candle, you should light one. Because you, you really want to check people's skin <laughs> before Ugh. you accept secret night sex. <laughs> <laughs> Gross line. That's so fun. <sighs> Archie, you, you don't even know what to do here, Archie. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. And chug it a coffee. And... Then we get an unfortunate outcome for these women. Because he's not very useful for what they want after this. That's There's a little true. sound sting cut away. Wubble, wubble, wubble. <laughs> Good piece of physical comedy there. Well done, everybody. Lovely and exaggerated. And then... These seduction outfits are determinedly unseductive, and I feel like that's <laughs> intentional. Yes, I'm getting creepy, creepy dollhouse. Yeah. Wonder if that's mm. what. Well, no, I'm trying. I'm what? looking for references here. I I don't know. I'm. I mean, this I'm is fishing. a big kind of classic horror movie moment. Wake up. I wake up. Tied to a table, and then imminent death. Yeah. 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 And then the. There's a scare. There, the horror sting at the end of it. So the yeah the image I guess the is is these women sitting on a couch each with half an Archie. Yeah. Um, great screaming, KJ. Yeah, like and, I oh, think what would have made it a like a better sort of ven- revenge story would be if hmm. um. You know, they're just, like, burying him, and then they shake hands or something, and they're like... Yes. But, yeah, um, this is where I'm anchored down to the the Hayes Code outcome. Yeah. These women aren't allowed to win. Right. These, the, they did a bad, and they were promiscuous, and they waved their promiscuity in someone's face, and then they killed a dude. Yeah. Um, don't be Archie. Is our moral story, but also don't be a Betty Veronica, even if that happens to you, right? Even if, even if you are done wrong, because it won't go well for you either. Please share your opinions, Veronica. Yeah. Veronica, who has exposure to the, the, the latest in modern media, films, television even. Who's chatted with a bunch of communists. Yeah. Whose parents are apparently <laughs> great communists, actually. Lucia Ball was... Was she? Blackballed. I didn't know. Yeah. She, she did, um, had to deny all affiliation before some government committee. Oh, but, I didn't know she got McCarthy. Huh. Yeah. Lucia Ball was fantastic communist. This is... What? In, yeah, she produced, no. uh, produced Star Trek. That's a communist act? Yes. Star Trek, a post-scarcity world that explores and presents uh, a utopian vision for space in the future in which resource scarcity is not a problem because we have replicators. 
Lucille Ball was with it. <laughs> Not prepared for any of that information. <laughs> I love Lucy, the root of sci-fi. But actually, though, I love Lucy straight up paid for size for Star Trek. Is that true? Yes. Whoa. I didn't know any of that. Uh, so Veronica should be a communist is what I'm saying. I mean, I don't, I don't know if popular American television is ready for communist yet still. Socialist? Communism yet still. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, that, that word's been pretty poisoned in a lot of American perspectives. Oh, oh, sad. Sad outcomes. And then we're like saying, oh yeah, we're we're back to the back to the real world plot. Four horses escape from farm. Is that a reference to the apocalypse? <laughs> I love it. Carnality. Oh. Also, four horses escaping is a lot of horses at once. That's true. It is a lot of horses. I wouldn't want to run into a horse just running around. Deal with two horses. Two horses is traceable. Four is a lot. Yes. I think we're thinking of this in different terms. (laughs) Clearly, you grew up in, like, a place where, like, gosh, we really need to get those horses back. Me, I'm like, I don't know what to do with a horse if I met it in an alley. Yeah. my, My friend literally got called to come home early from school one day because there a cow got out and his dad wasn't home and someone needed to get the cow in before I mean, it got hit yeah, on the highway. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> what I mean is that, like, I think it's interesting to me news. that you... No, um, I'm not making the point I think I'm making. doesn't matter. I'm not letting you. Sorry, friend. Brilliant editorial. Dr. Werther's brilliant editorial. And Clifford Blossom is totally hiding his own murder. Murdering. I thought they wanted them to pay attention to the mugs. I'm confused. No, we don't want to pay attention to the mugs. We we have Ethel taking a vow of silence. Um, We want to pay attention to the thing we're, we're blaming. All attention on the comic books. All all attention on the thing that we are demonizing. Well, Jughead, I think you accidentally signed your arrest warrant Mm here. That's it. There is one wealthy old white dude who's pretty reasonable. This capitalist jerk of Mm -hmm. a boss who happily exploits the teenage writer. But also gives him a byline. I don't even know what that means. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And is not even going to try to understand him. I love it. (laughs) Money? No. On the cover? No. (laughs) Uh, You wrote the whole issue, but a byline. Yeah. (laughs) This would be incredible by the norms of the time. Jugular Jones. Yeah. Doing work on spec and contract work is really yeah. how early comics screwed over a lot of artists. Just, just about all of your favorite superheroes were created pe- by people who were screwed over by the comic executive systems. Yeah. Uh-oh. Sit up and take notice, huh? Uh-oh. The gun nose jughead. Yeah. Doom-dum-dum. So this art is totally making me think of 2000s, Archie. Um, of the the art the art of that reboot which is at this point already kind of vintage 10 15 years old um ah, i don't i yeah, i think I we're invoking so. 
I think we're invoking multi-generational old. Like, that can look old, just a little bit old now. That's fine. But in period, we're getting it in 1950s period. I might be over overreaching. Maybe that's just how the well, art it's department possible. draws. Well, it's possible that they made the choice to um, make it a more recognizable style to yeah. most people who would be reading it or watching the show rather mm-hmm. like the animation or the the illustration style rather make it one that we would recognize it'd be a little more intelligible to us yes one that we would you would have seen in your childhood uh, yeah. uh, even if you're our age roughly yeah. late childhood for me when they they made a number of uh stylistic changes and reinvented themselves half a dozen times delved yeah. back into, into horror for a while too but like light funny horror Archie has such a weird publishing history. I don't remember any horror. It was um, late. It, I think we were might have been in our twenties when they really leaned into oh, it. Oh yeah, um, I was. But I it was like them in high, before Ar- high school, I think. Archie's weird mysteries, kind of horror for a while, like goofy horror, uh, and spin-off horror, TV show Archie's weird mysteries. Wild. Yep, and I yep. There's I mean, some... <laughs> we're certainly making use of all of that in these in these episodes. Yeah, I'm cur- in this episode rather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm curious to see what next week brings. I, something I was remarking before we sat down to record was that um, usually at this point in the season, mm. I feel like we're getting the like, oh, we're going on. What's happening with the plot? We're going in yes. this direction. Like the plot Spiral. feels really tight so far in this season, mm-hmm. and this episode, which mm-hmm. is a deviation in some ways from the main plot, is still set up for the, what feels like the show's big stuff. It feels like yes. much more of a slow burn for this show than what I'm used to. They're they're pulling it in and drawing the threads together, mm-hmm. whereas usually I expect them to be spiraling and throwing some red herrings out around now. Yeah. But we're in final season. Like, we've maybe decided to be more plot efficient here. Um, yeah, because eventually I, we yeah. have to get back to the future. Maybe. Do we? Well, I assume we're getting back to some sort of a like the four 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 horsemen escape yeah, from the farm. We're yeah, getting true, we're getting true. to some sort of apocalypse something. That's a subtle reference, indeed. Yeah. And and I don't think we won't see Tabitha again. Space future Tabitha. Yeah. Not local civil rights leader Tabitha. Yeah. Both good. Um but I'm I'm also not one hundred percent sold we are going back to any reality that was or is. I'm not sure we're going back to anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. we'll see. But I'm, yeah, I'm excited that they are bringing us to something. I guess my point was that uh, that they have to wrap up 50s plot kind mm. of before we get back to the future. Yes. If we do get back to the future. Yes. Well, presumably. They could well, entirely... We start getting they, back to the future references. They could, they could drop every single plot line and thing in the 50s. And I wouldn't be shocked mm-hmm. if they had, like, everything ongoing and then just Tabitha returns. Boom. Done. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. Brian Meanwhile, bothered the cat. And now I the did. cat is annoyed. I did. Like, I, I pet her too much. And now she's reaching out with a paw as if I should let her bat me. <laughs> no. Well, Riverdale gang, thanks so much for joining us. I'm going to go pet some cats now. Yeah. We'll see you next week. See you next week, gang.